Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey. Here are my co-hosts, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. Today we're going to talk to Sally Hillman. Sally has done several adventure trips with us over the last few years and is going to share some of her stories, her favorite moments, and how she stays one step beyond fear. Sally is also the mother of Donna Richardson, who has joined us on a couple of past shows, just to give some input from the cheap seats. <laughs> Welcome, Sally and Donna. You know, some may be asking why a show interviewing Sally. Let me give you a bit of background. You know, Sally has done some pretty amazing things in the last few years. Crazy and amazing things for <laughs> anyone. True, but especially since she didn't do her first crazy activity until she was 68 years old. Age has not been the only stumbling block, though, for Sally. We do need to mention that Sally is battling Parkinson's. But age nor phys- physical limitation has let this slow her down. And that is 100% the truth. We titled today's show, One Step Beyond Fear, because that was the answer that Sally gave when asked how she has had the courage to tackle these major challenges later in life. Some of these things are, at the age of 68, she repelled for the first time in South America. At the age of 68, she hiked the Inca Trail in Machu Picchu. At the age of 68, she bailed her first sinking boat. (laughs) Yes, I was there. (laughs) At the age of 69, walked her first half marathon. At the age of 71, went hand gliding. At the age of 72, did her first zip line. Approaching the age of 80, she's going to head to Norway. So Sally, can you explain what you meant by the statement, one step beyond the fear? Anything is possible if you don't stop yourself. When I was approaching these thing, these activities, I just found out I'd, that you cannot let fear stop you. If you just take one more step, you will have success. That's and, true. We wanted to ask you why, how, and what, for almost 70 years old, a person to start doing these things outside her comfort zone. My life... I always had someone to be responsible for. I raised my family. I've helped other people all along. There was someone who I had a responsibility to. And at that age, I was free. I had my own life to live. And it was my opportunity to do what I wanted to do. I had the time. I had the, I had the availability. And I had the, I had the opportunity. Well, you know, most people go on a hike. Not to Machu Picchu, but <laughs> I find that great. I mean, that's... Well, and that was the first thing, that was the first thing that we did. The first thing that Sally did was the... Machu Picchu. Was the training and actually yeah. hiking to Machu Picchu. And I, I can tell you, to give people perspective, I've done a lot of crazy things in my life. If anyone asks me what is the most difficult thing that I have ever done, I will, without reservation, say number one and number two on my list or day two of the hike to Machu Picchu. This is no joke for anyone, especially someone that has never done this before, has never even really hiked before, to set out at 68 years old on one of the most difficult, challenging, emotionally and physically, uh, it, it was quite an accomplishment. So now that you've scared everybody that was even thinking about doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> But at 68, so what did you do 
to prepare yourself for that? Like, some, what are some of the things that you got ready for? Well, at that time, too, I was partially t- taking care of my mother. And she, she always went to bed about 8 o'clock. And so my training was just basically around, around the campus at Crestwood. And I would walk around the campus and for about two hours every night. And in the buildings, I would climb up and down the stairs. Really? That's different of training at 313 feet. Right. And turning around and walking <laughs> at 16,000 feet. I can, I can assure you there is a difference. But, um, but you were there to help. So you, you, know, you were actually there for guidance and everything like that. And I had so. done it before, so that was right. helpful. Donna, do you want to add anything on that? Because this was the first time that you had done anything like big. Oh, like this that was your first well. time doing it too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd never done anything. Oh, okay. Like that either <clears throat> I don't was, know why I thought this would have been your second. It, time it, it was. Oh. It was really, really hard. I mean, I wasn't sure I was going to make it through that second day. I mean, it was walk a hundred yards, stop and breathe. No, if you made it a hundred yards, <laughs> you know, there's points there when you're climbing. You climb for about eight hours. And you, there's no air. And you're doing like two or three steps and you're stopping and breathing. In fact, one of, I've got several favorite Sally stories, but one of my favorite was we did this whole trip in reverse. We actually went to Puno first because it was at 20,000 feet um, because altitude sickness is genetic. So we had three generations on this trip. And Hmm. if one was going to get sick, all three were going to get sick. And so I was very concerned with altitude sickness with with these guys because they had never been to altitude before. So we did it in reverse, which was great because everybody got really, really sick oh. early. <laughs> and then by the time we got, they were they were much better by the time we actually got to the walk. But it was funny because we were in a restaurant eating. She had this look on her face. And I'm like, are you okay? And I'll, I'll never forget this. She said, I have never made a conscious decision to chew or breathe. <laughs> it was it was it was so funny. I'll never forget that. But anyway, that was one of my that's one of my favorite. So when you were on it, on the hike, did you find it very hard to breathe ever, going up these hills and Yes. Okay. <laughs> as I as we were walking as we were hiking that second day and we were going straight up for hours. For hours. I would I would walk about 10 steps. And I had to stop. Mm-hmm. And I just had to stand. We just had to stop and just allow me to breathe. And I would breathe until I could take three normal breaths. And I'd say, go. <laughs> we go for another 10 steps. <laughs> and we'd go for another 10 steps. Stop. <laughs> and and she was, was a- tied to Christy with a tow rope. And the second guide of our tour, we each tour has two guides. The second guide of our tour was there beside her with his hand on her arm and her back the entire way. <laughs> yeah, we were we were about 30 minutes in and the main guide said, "Oh, I think she needs to turn around and go back." I'm like, "Absolutely not. We did not come this far for her to turn around and go back after 30 minutes. We rigged a tow system with a rope and a bungee cord and tied it from me to her." And for the next four days, we uh, we were tied to each bit. And you started out early on day two. We started, He they were concerned that we were not going to be able to make day two, just because it is extraordinarily difficult. And 
I've done I had done it before. So I was completely confident. There was nothing in, never was there a doubt that we could do it. How long it was going to take, the effort that it was going to take, those things, you know, worried me from time to time. But never did I think that we were going to have to turn around, ever. Well, now you and, said that you, you had no doubt that you were going to make it. What was, what was your thought on that? Did you think that you were going to make it? Yes. Every- she didn't have a choice. She was tied to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, you, it, it, did you ever have any wayward thoughts of saying, well, this is just, I'm not going to be able to do this? No. No? Because you were afraid she was going to tell you to walk and cry, right? That's what <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. No, she's but- just going to drag her. <laughs> I started it out with the intentions like I did the half a marathon. I'm at the start line, and I'm focusing on the finish line, and nothing's going to stop me. In fact, during, I think at the end of that second day, we were always the last one in. Everybody else was already in and had sat down to relax and whatever, and we were always the last one in. And I know Christy's motivation is be there first. <laughs> Get then and be there first. But I, I told her that night when we, got, when we got in, I said, I know your nature, and I know you like to come in first. I said, but I'm going to finish this race. And I, and I told her, I said, I'm excusing you from all from any. From anything with me and I said and you're free to go but I am going to finish this race either with you or without you and that was at the end of day one has been that was the end of day one I knew what to expect on day two knowing day two is the hardest knowing day two is the hardest and we went out said three hours early we started Mm -hmm. three hours before everyone else we approached we were in the jungle area and coming through, and we just stopped. And it, the sun was just coming up. It was maybe, what, 5 o'clock in the morning or something. And our guide that was with us had, had been doing this for quite some time, right? And we looked around, and there were literally thousands, probably, of hummingbirds everywhere. And he said, I have never seen anything like this and all the times I've been through here. And we just hit a, that perfect time, perfect moment. And we stood there for quite some time and watched because it was an amazing experience. Had we not went slower, had we not started earlier, we would have missed. So I would have missed so much. I, this experience the second time, going slower, staying in the moment, talking about being mindful, staying in the moment and focusing. My, all my focus was on Sally, right? And Sally taking every step and making every step herself and getting through. It was a far more enjoyable experience than the first time because the first time I was in a hurry. The first time, you know, when you get tired, when I get tired, I go faster. I just want the day over. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do that. And so I was forced to stay back and forced to go slower and forced to take more breaks than I would have on my own. And the experience was so much better. I saw so many more things than I than I would have seen otherwise. Well, now, did you find any part of day two the scariest? Like, no. no? I mean, no. it was, you just pushed through it. Yeah, it was, it was difficult, but I just pushed on. I think that's fantastic. I really do. I, so what was, what gave you the motivation to do that? I mean, because there had to be at some point thinking, 
oh, man. <laughs> you know, when you took that 10th step and you go, I got to breathe there. So, yeah. I mean, what was that motivation or that confidence that kept pushing you forward? Well, you either go forward or you go back, and it was just going to be just as hard to go back as it was to go forward, so just keep going. I'll give you that. Literally, at that point. I mean, literally, when you get to the, you summit on day two, so once you've summited, you don't, you don't want to turn around and go back. No. Uh, <laughs> day three and day four are much easier than one and two. Day three and day four, first of all, the peaks are are not quite as hot, quite as high. Mm-hmm. And it's more up and down smaller peaks rather than just up one one major peak. And you have time to catch your breath and breathe a little more when you're down at the bottom before you go up your next one. So your but your whole mindset was just getting to the next peak or getting to the next whatever milestone that is. Actually, I don't even know it was the next. I think literally it was the moment. Yeah, it was. It was, it was the, the moment. moment. I don't think you can get when you can't breathe i mean literally <laughs> mm-hmm. you you're not worried about what's going to happen five minutes from now and and that entire four days was literally about staying in the moment yeah because there's no <laughs> right, there's, there's one way you just keep going speaking of that sally was 68 the first time she repelled now i'm assuming this is down a cliff, a waterfall, a... <laughs> we were doing a waterfall, but um, this was actually over a cliff face. I mean, so it was a over a rock, and then it was a, a free repel for probably, what do you say, 100 feet? Yeah. Maybe, so it was probably 250 feet total, maybe, from the time we started to the time that you got back on the ground. Okay, so this is your first repel. You're dangling from a cliff. You know? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, at the age of 68, so what gave you the courage to do that? I finally got to the point that I have to admit, I was the most senior in the group, and there was nothing going to stop me. I was not going to let a younger person do something that I didn't do. Oh, well. A little bit of pride <laughs> stepped in there, <laughs> and I enjoyed everything I did. One that said that we, this was our second stop. We stayed on an island, and that the island was pretty small. Everybody lived on that island, and there was a separate island that they had their cattle and their farming. They took us over in sailboats, but there was no wind, so they were kind of rowing these sailboats. <laughs> on the way back, we, Sally and I were in the boat with this, with this, uh, with this guy who didn't speak English, and uh, he's rowing our boat, and we looked down... And our feet are starting to fill up with water. And within just a couple minutes, we are calf deep in water in a little boat. And the guide speaks no English, and my Spanish was not great. And I'm like, dude, we need to go faster because we're sinking. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And uh, do you want to (laughs) finish telling the story? So we looked around the inside of the boat for something to bail it out with and we found a, a small metal can so I started bailing the boat with this can <laughs> and Christy started rowing with the guy right so I'm and, like oh we need to go dude we need to go faster so move over and so he took one oar and I took the other one so we could go 
So this was your first bailing of a boat, too. Is this a is this a first experience? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm I'm just we've got some we'll have some pictures on the website if you want to see what it looks like for Sally bailing a boat. But we came pretty close to sinking that boat. <laughs> yeah, we were we were close. She, I'm like, you gotta bail faster, Sally. You gotta, you gotta bail, <laughs> baby. You gotta bail faster. So this was so this was the first bailing of a boat. <laughs> so. So, uh, and this goes without saying. So, at 68, you did your first repel. At 68, you did your first massive hike that a lot of people will never do. Right. Um, and at 68, you bailed a sinking boat. Yes. <laughs> so, this goes without saying. At 69, you just went ahead and did a half marathon, right? I mean, it... Piece of cake. At <laughs> this that is right. a piece of cake. You know, so, what was that like? I mean, it... Was that, well, I, by far would have been easier than doing the Machu Picchu. I know that much, but. Where you could actually breathe. <laughs> we were in Disney World. She oh, Disney it. World. She so the it. elevation yeah, we were was. Disney World. You, yeah. could, you could actually breathe and really get oxygen in your day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. But this is your first one, right? It's the first one. Okay. Well, we were, we, as we started it, the rest of them ran, ran the race, but I walked it. And when I was at the, when we were at the start at the starting point, they dropped me off and then they went up because they started before I did as they do in marathons. Mm-hmm. And I told them I said, well, if once you all get to the end, rather than hold everybody up, just call me and I'll stop here and just you know come on up rather than spend the rest of the day here. And I was told no. You won't. You will finish the race if I have to come back and get you and bring you in. I just set my mind to the fact that I was going to make it. So, Christy, remind people, half marathon, how many miles? Yes, 13.1 miles. Yes. And doing it in a controlled race like this, it's a three-hour, 30-minute time limit. So you, you and, the, and they'll pick you up off the course. So she had to keep under a 16-minute pace as well as So a 16-minute pace... 13.1 miles, 69 years old. Right. So now we're at seven, the age of 71, hand gliding. Now I can, I, I can talk about this because I was with you on this one. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about the hand gliding? Well, first of all, did you have any fear about it? Oh, yes. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and I let everybody else go first and I was the last one. Just to make sure nobody fell out of the sky. Right? Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be able to get out of it. <laughs> and so I was, everybody had gone. Everybody had walked. Walked out down the airfield, got on the glider, and successfully completed it. And the only thing I thought is, I can't not do this. And as I was walking, from, as I was walking out to the glider on the, on the airfield, my feet were moving. And my shoulders were back and my head was up and I was walking out there like I knew exactly what I was doing. But thought that kept going through my mind was, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I just kept walking. <laughs> a lot of people might think of hang gliding as jumping off of a mountain, of which generally you do. But the wind and the weather was not cooperating. So when it does that you have to, they, they hook you up to the back of an airplane and they actually pull you up. Right. And then they let you loose at uh, 2,500 feet or I don't know what it is, something like that. Something feet, like that. Know, and and, they do, and then, then 
you hang glide down. So that's what she's referring walking across. The, the weather was not good enough to jump, so they actually pulled you guys up. Right. Than... And just to give people an idea, basically they load the 747 up, and you pay a little <laughs> extra, and they pull you up. No, they don't do that. <laughs> no, it's, it's a like little, a it's a little. I don't know what kind it's of. It's like plant. a little glider. A little glider. It's like plant. a more, like a lawnmower yeah lawnmower with wings they or pull something you up and then disconnect you so uh, so you did this hand gliding and now keep in mind that nobody would have thought any different because you could have walked away from that nobody would have said well why are you walking away everybody would have been fine with that but you yourself said that you were going to do this right right nothing was going to stop you there so no. now that we've done machu picchu we've done the half marathon <laughs> we stopped a boat from sinking. <laughs> you decide, yeah, barely. barely. So you decide you decide to do a zip line at the age of seventy two. Yes. Okay. So tell me about the zip line. That was the most frightening to get on and to get started. It was over a river ravine. Uh, like a deep one. A d- yes. Yeah. We're gonna. There's actually a video that it'll be on the website. So if you want to watch the video of Sally. I have a great video with her in my helmet with my GoPro on her head. But yeah, it was a gondola. You take a gondola across yeah. and zip line back across. Right. Oh, so they gave you all kinds of time to prepare yourself of going over the... Exactly. Right. <laughs> and you're in this gondola car, first First of all, going over the river ravine. And it's out there in the wind, just whipping it back and forth anyway. And you're holding on to the... To the to the gondola car, so <laughs> and then you get to the other side, and they they were they they had the attendant there, and they put you in the harness and everything, and that was the most I think of everything I did, that was the most frightful time of the whole thing. Of getting prepared to of getting pre yeah getting prepared even before in, in before anything, but it worked out. Everybody else went and. He got me off, got me all set up, and put the camera in the helmet, and got the helmet nice and secure and tight so it would pr- protect my head. <laughs> now this isn't treetop to treetop like we have okay. in the United States. Right. Okay, this, this is, is a, open. This is a South American third world country zip line, right? So you're going. Oh, I bet you she reached speed of maybe 35, 40 miles an hour at least. Yeah. And was over a ravine that was... I tell everybody, 1,500 feet. I was going to say, about 1,500, yeah. if not more feet. So 1,500 feet down. Yes. Straight down. Straight, straight down. on a helmet. How, how <laughs> <Yeah>. far? <laughs> My bike helmet. Like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the she, bike helmet, because that's what's going to keep you well, safe. Well, she, she <laughs> believed it was going to make her feel better. So. And then how far across do you, would you oh, say? Oh, it was probably half mile. Half yeah. mile. Three-fourths of a mile, mile, maybe. maybe so further. they get you all hooked up. You're terrified. Well, yeah, but once he got me all hooked up and he spent so much time getting the helmet on and everything, <laughs> I was I was all calm and everything. And I'm That's when Megan pushed you, right? You know, just, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it was Actually, a really sturdy setup, too. Right, I mean, yes. exactly. The harness was very sturdy. Because you did the this, rope, too, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. The I, equipment. I attempted to do one before that. And I got over to the side, and it was flimsy. I mean, <laughs> it was cheap and shoddy, and I said, no, thank you. <laughs> it, it was bad. Several of us did it, but Donna turned around and took the gondola back really flimsy. Yeah, but this was very sturdy. It felt safe. 
Okay. I will say, but it's a co- concrete platform. Yeah. So, but this, but you're saying that this was one of the scariest things you've done. Getting onto it and getting it ready to go. Going, going is easy when you go when you go in the sitting position because you just just like you're sitting on top of a slide. Mm-hmm. Only thing, the slide disappears. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, it does. For, for, so, for several seconds. Yeah. 30, yeah, 40 just, seconds probably. Yeah, the slide is gone. <laughs> and I just told myself before, I, before, before, before time for me to leave, to go off, I thought, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. You want to see this. <laughs> and so I kept my eyes open and saw it and got all the way across, and it was wonderful. I loved it. And then afterwards, as Christy and I were driving through the mountains in our little dune buggy, <laughs> yeah. I said, you know, he had that helmet on my head, but if I had fallen, my head would be the only thing that was left. My whole body would have been destroyed. <laughs> oh. See, one thing would have kept intact. So, you know, you've been... <laughs> so you it, So afterwards, it was worth the whole fear, the... the Everything that you felt, all the anxiety was worth it once you got to the other side. Oh, absolutely. Now, this is a this is a neat thing I think is getting ready to come up is you're heading to Norway. Yes. Now that we're approaching eighty, we're off to Norway. Right. So tell me some of your fears on that one. Because you've already conquered most of the things that most people will never do in life. So and at a much later part of your life, right? So tell me, do you have any fears, anxieties, things that might come up that heading to Norway? No, not really, because I'm not sure what's available over there. I do know we do have another zip line over there. Well, I did hear that you're going to be kayaking, right? Well, take us through some of that, how this came about for Norway. Okay, well, Sally said I want to take another trip. So we started looking at different places, and we, we had a, a couple other places in mind that the more I talk, thought through it were not necessarily good choices. And what was that one? That uh, the Galapagos in okay. Ecuador, because we've already been, we've all been to Ecuador. Okay. Um, but there, we had, with our limitations, her Parkinson's limitations and my Achilles limitations, it, it just didn't, it just, it felt right in the beginning. So there was some divine intervention that came up, and... Norway came on the, on the map, and it had not been on our radar at all. But Norway, we can do a couple of the summits uh, that most people hike to the summit. Mm-hmm. We can do it on horseback. Doesn't necessarily make Donna happy because Donna doesn't necessarily horses like don't like me. Horses don't I don't like, like horses either, so I'm with you on that. <laughs> but one. I'm can... fine with horses. Horses don't like me. <laughs> so we so we can do several really important things on horseback. Since so, and she can ride a horse. So I wanted to make this clear. So what you do is you design kind of a trip that will encompass what you're able to do, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay. That's the point of of taking people with mobility issues and figuring out what do they want to do and realistically looking at their limitations. You know, you because that's important. Because that is hugely important. You don't want people to fail. Right, and you don't want to get someplace and not be able to do something, that's irresponsible. So, finding a place, which normally I don't have the limitation, so my limitation actually was played into this because I can't necessarily carry right a lot of stuff in a backpack. I can't carry her stuff like I could have 
uh, on Inca Trail or whatever. Um, so finding a place that fits is a good fit. And this just seems to be a perfect fit. We can do on horseback so we don't have to walk. We can do an Except for Donna. Except, <laughs> except for Donna can hike to the top because she doesn't want to do the horse. Um, and we can do a lot in a kayak. And there's nothing really that Sally can't do. We just have to modify it. We're going to do it in a boat versus walking. As opposed to walking the fjords, we're going to kayak down them. It helps that I have two kayaks and so that we can actually practice and get in and out. And yes, stuff. that's that, true. That, that's, yeah, so we can actually... It's not like we're actually, I'm going to take her to Norway and say, hey, get in this kayak for the first time. <laughs> no, 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 just jump on in. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, no, we're going to, you know, we're going to practice. Um, we're not going to practice falling out, but we're going to practice everything else. And uh, so it's a good fit, I think. It's a really good fit. And it's be- it's going to be beautiful, and it's we're going to be able to go and maximize her strengths and take all of the other things that are going to be limitations off the table. So Donna, is this being your mother, what does that mean to you to see her her being able to do these things at the age of almost 80? Oh, it's amazing. It's it and it's a testament to what Christy does and how Christy makes things available to people that they wouldn't think were available to them. Mm-hmm. You know, not just anyone would be able to take someone in my mom's position and say sure we can do this and figure out how to make that happen so it's exciting and it's incredible and you know at this time last year we didn't there was not any idea that this trip would be available to her so to see her have improved to the place where she is to have her health have improved to the point where she can actually go and have another adventure, it's, it's amazing to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've done more than I ever have. So, so going on this trip to Norway is one of the most exciting parts, the journey to Norway? Just as much because my, I had a fracture in my left leg. And right now the left leg has got as much metal in it as the airplane does. <laughs> <laughs> so... The first adventure is going to be getting through an airport. (laughs) Well, and that's another thing, too, for people who are listening that that come back with, well, I can't do that because of whatever. You know, we're going to, we're not going to fly out of Indianapolis. We're going to fly out of Chicago Mm -hmm. because it's a direct flight. Well, it's direct from Chicago to Copenhagen, Copenhagen to Oslo. So we can then, again, with the limitation, you know, of not being able to travel necessarily all day, we'll go to Chicago stay in Chicago overnight, then leave the next day where she's rested, fly to Copenhagen, stay in Copenhagen probably a couple of days and do things around Copenhagen and give a time to rest, fly then to Norway and to Oslo, do you know a week and a half or so in Oslo, do the same thing coming back. Okay, so, so it's giving about rest pacing. time. It, oh, that's, yeah, okay. That pacing. is hugely important when you're traveling with multi-generational, whether it be younger, you know, really young kids, mm-hmm. or older. You have to break it up. There, you know, you don't have to fly from, you know, Indianapolis to uh, Cusco in one trip, right? You can you can fly into Miami and spend the night. 
and then fly out the next day. So pacing yourself. Pacing your, again, what are your realistic expectations? Realistically, what can you do? What you can't, you know, well, I want to do X. I don't know that we can do X, but can we do X via something else? Again, I, I really want to summit this place because the view is amazing and the, okay, there's no way you're going to hike four or five miles up a mountain. Right. That's not going to happen. But you can take a train up it or well, something to... you can take a horse. You can take a horse. And so that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to rent, we're going to do on a horseback. She can ride a horse, you know, put some bike shorts on her and... Uh, so it's a little bit more Okay, practical. so let's ask this question. Is this going to be the first time you ever rode a horse? No. Okay. <laughs> no, we rode, We did a horseback riding trip through the Mount, through the Andes in Peru. Peru. Yeah. No, we, of we, course we, you did. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Through the sheep fields and... Yeah. yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for that, we'll make sure there's a picture of Donna on the horse in the Andes. <laughs> <laughs> of this terrified look on her face when <laughs> yeah so you it, so there would you say that your fear is outweighed by the motivation of doing this absolutely i find this fascinating when because there can't there can't be anything in your thought process that i can't do it there there's a hundred reasons we could sit here and t- say realistically why she can't go to norway oh sure there's a hundred reasons there's a hundred reasons why I couldn't do it. So. Exactly. But there is nothing that we can't modify. There is nothing that we can't work through. There is nothing that we can't get through for her to go to Norway. Um, we're going to do it on a horse. We're going to do it in a boat. All of those things she can do. Now, had we went other places where you had to go via train, like other places in Europe, for example, where we'd have had a train travel, now we create barriers, right? Mm-hmm. Because now we have a train schedule. Now we have baggage. Oh, what are we going to mm-hmm. do with the bags? How are we going to transport suitcases? Or is everything going to have to be a backpack? Um, you know, how do we how do we separate Sally's stuff for us to carry? Well, we don't have to do that when we have a car. We can take, you know, generally suitcases and, and so forth. We don't have to then worry about that. So those things all really matter when you're planning a trip. What does your transportation look like? Right. Is it feasible? What are the time constraints? Is it flexible enough for, again, extreme ages, whether it be older or really young kids? Is it, is it flexible? How can you make it more flexible? Um, those well, things are really important. One, it's never too late to start something new. I mean, you're, you're walking proof of it. So <laughs> you don't necessarily have to do the Inca Trail or run off to Norway or anything like that. It could start with something small, right? Certainly. What everybody likes to do is different. I think that's the key. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What 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 well, fires you up? What what gets you? What do you look at and say, oh man, that's beautiful. I'd, I'd love to see that. Well, and then most people look at that and think, well, I could never do that. Well, why not? And is that what is that what gets you going? Is like it's something that gets you, catches your eye and gets you all fired up? Yes. Is it Christy? Because. She does it to everybody, so. <laughs> well, she's a big part of it because, because I know I know that she's able to make anything, make most things accessible. And I know if Christy says, we're going to do this, or do you want to do this, how about that? I know she's already got the way planned that it's safe. Okay. 
and any any service we use, she's already checked them out, and they're, they're, it, it's going to be safe. There's, safety plays a big role, and I mean, Right. So this is so this is an important factor of this. It is an extremely important factor that you felt that, safe. That that I, I felt mm-hmm. safe at every every time of it, and everything I felt safe. Yes, mm-hmm. it was difficult. It was trying at times, but that didn't mean it wasn't going to be done. Well, and the people that were with you believed that you were going to do it too. Yes, and the people it, that were with you weren't telling you. Oh, I don't know if you're going to be able to do this. Maybe this isn't a good idea. The people that were with you were saying, yes, of course. Of right. course you can do that. How can we support you in doing that? Exactly. Right. They so, all supported me all the way because when we were in uh, Ecuador and we hiked back to the waterfall that time, that one day, mm-hmm. and then there was that iron bridge right below the waterfall, and it was looked kind of forbearing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can I really get over there without slipping and falling and to your death so (laughs) (laughs) that that wasn't gonna happen (laughs) that wasn't gonna happen they all went up and they it was uh, at the point where you're gonna try it sure and it was uh they were all behind me all the way they didn't complain because i was slow or because i hesitated to go and they had to wait for me to take the step forward and move so it was important to you to be surrounded by people that were supportive. They were all supportive. They were all very, very helpful and very helpful. So adventure, safety, and supportiveness. Right. Okay. I like it. Well, and those are all, you know, really, again, really important things, right? Well, to it's, anybody. Exactly. I mean, Especially when you're talking about going into another country, you have to make sure that you've done your homework. You have to make sure that... You know, for me, I've pretty much done all of these things before. I've never been in Norway, so this is a new experience. But I'm actually going to go, I think, a couple weeks early to make sure that everything we have is set in place. But surrounded by friends of yours and them telling you, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, how many... How many people do you come across that say that? Right. Especially for Machu Picchu. Share that. How many people told you that you 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 can't do that? How often did you hear that? From everybody except the group I went with. <laughs> <laughs> and they all related back to themselves. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, I couldn't do that. And the one thing that always got me, they always said uh, about Machu Picchu, oh, I could never do that. I have a fear of heights. And I simply said very quietly, I have a fear of heights too. I get that a lot of, well, how are you just, you're just fearless. No. No, it's not about being fearless. It's about not letting the fear control you. It's about figuring out a way to do it and be safe and and not, as you say, Mark, not let it punk you. <laughs> right? You just got to get right. through it. Um, yeah, you just... Tell the story of the guy on the bus. Well, at Montreal Picchu, when, when we had completed the hike, the four-day hike... 28 miles in the mountains, 14,000 feet. You have to know See, you can remember these things. It's like having your first child, right? You, got, <laughs> you know how much it weighed, how long it was. <laughs> once, once we finished the hike at the, at the temple, they had uh, tour buses that took you back to the train station, back to the small town where, you, where the train came through and where you boarded the, 
and I was the bus was there, and so we got got on the bus and looked at the, at the back of the bus, and another passenger came on the bus, and he comes back to the back. He was about late thirties, forty, and he he comes he comes back, and he told me he said uh, he said as I was back there, and he said we just thought we couldn't make it, and he said I just could not make it. He said I looked at you, and he said I saw you, and he said I kept saying if she can do it, I can do it. Hmm. How did that make you feel? It made me feel good. Well, it's got to give you a sense of accomplishment, if nothing else, you know. Right. You were kicking a 30-year-old's butt. I mean, that's... (laughs) Yeah, pretty much so. (laughs) Well, Sally, I find you an amazing person. I mean, again, repelling, hiking, bailing a boat, (laughs) half marathons, hand gliding, zip lines, and Norway to come. I find this inspiring. I really do. I think that anybody listening to this show that feels like they can't or don't have the ability to do something, well, hit rewind and listen to it again. Because I bet you'll find tons of confidence in yourself by listening to this story. Because if you say, I can't, you're exactly right. Yes. You, you can it just may have to be a modified form of implementation, right? You, you not, may not be able to do it just like somebody else. Well, that's okay. Right. You know, what is it that you want the end result to be? And you have to find a way to make that happen. There are always ways to make that happen. Always. You just have to find it. And if you can't find it, find somebody to help you. You can, you can find people that can see that big picture, can break that big picture down and, and say, okay, Galapagos may be not the best choice, but Norway's perfect. Exactly. And, uh, and then make it happen. Do it. Life is too short not to do it. If she can do it at almost 80 years old with Parkinson's... What's your excuse? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There are things out there in our life that those moments of making it through day two and making it through day three and bailing the boat and those experiences build something in you that when life is hard and everybody's life gets hard, that you can dig to that point and you have something that I don't even know we're conscious of it, but we can revert back to that and be okay with, I know that this is going to pass. It's just one more step. Being mindful, staying in the moment. Right. Taking that step, whatever that step is, whether it's getting through a death, getting through a loss, getting through a really hard day at work, getting through, you know, financial trouble from the final you know whatever it is it is what being mindful of the moment and taking that step and realizing that i know i'm scared to death of whatever this is but you got to stay one step ahead of the fear and you do that by taking a step at a time in the moment i still go back to my basic truth i learned from the whole thing success is one step beyond fear well said Well, Sally, I'm so happy that you came on the show and shared your stories with us. And I hope people find this to be really inspiring because I'm one of those people. So, Christy, do you have any final thoughts for us today? I hope today that we've taken the can't out of your vocabulary, you know, or at least out of your thought process a bit. Maybe you don't want to do it, but you can do it. You may have to modify it from others, but you can do anything you put your mind to. The body can always do more than the mind thinks it can, every time. 
You know, if you're waiting for somebody to tell you that you can do something that you've never done, it's likely not going to happen. You know, what Sally has done may not interest you, but find what does interest you. You know, when you listen to her story today, what was going through your mind? What places have you never been that interest you? What people have you not seen in years that you're just waiting for that perfect time that never comes? If any answer to these questions have a can't, never, or should in it, rethink it. Because Sally's your grandmother, your mother, yourself, just an average person. Her story and what she has overcome is her story. You know, that's true. But what's your story? What pages are still left empty in your book? What items are left on your bucket list? Do you even have a bucket list? You know, make the call, take the trip, record it in pictures and video. Those moments with the ones you care about are so easily pushed aside for a busy life. But the love that we nurture right now, I believe we take with us after our last breath. The money, the car, the job, it all stays here. So I don't care if you're 20, 50, or approaching 80 years old, tomorrow's not promised. Those moments we lose making memories for ourselves and maybe even more importantly for those that we leave behind, it can't be bought, can't be wished for, don't wait. Make the memory now. Don't wait for it. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.